It's time for the What in the Podcast. Hi. Tonight's show is meant to be, I think. We have Tracy here with us for the first time in forever because she's had to deal with things remotely. And I'm not holding it against you. It's just the way it is. But along with that, we also have an interview that uh, interests all of us. His name is Paul Gutierrez. He's a local medium. And he's come on the show tonight to talk with us, tell us about what he does, and even do something spooky for me and Tracy as well. Hope you enjoy the show tonight. Welcome to episode 87 of What in the Podcast. Welcome to the What in the Podcast with your hosts, Kent Whittington and Adriana Comito and Tracy Lynn Hernandez. Hello and welcome to the What in the Podcast. Hello, hello, hello. Hi. (laughs) That was a rather reluctant hi. Well, maybe not reluctant. Reluctant is the wrong word. The word I would use is exhausted hi. Yes. This is past exhausted. Mm-hmm. This is now sick. Yeah. Well, speaking of exhausted highs, we actually have a guest on tonight. We do. <laughs> but he wasn't exhausted. No, but he was a little high. <laughs> but, but. According to him, it was 24 7. Yes. But you know what? He's coherent, eloquent, mm-hmm. and had messages that, that drive for more than one person. Yeah, we, uh, we had the pleasure of talking to him, what, Tuesday? Why don't we tell everybody who he is first? Okay, <laughs> <why not? laughs> nah. Let me guess. No. The, the, the gentleman in question is named Paul Gutierrez. He is a uh, a local psychic. Actually, we actually got somebody local this time instead of East Coast, like yes. we always do. Not that we dislike the East Coast people. Don't, don't I'm not. Slam I'm not. Them. I'm not slamming the East Coast people. I love talking to the East Coast people. It's a different culture, different people, all that good stuff. Yes. But it's nice to have now. a local every once in a while. Yeah. Last time we had a local on the show it was the Glassons in episode three. I miss them. I hope they're doing good. I'm sure they are. Their tours have started up again. Have they both started? I, I think so. Oh, cool. Yeah, well, yeah. Good. I talked to Troy uh, on Facebook about maybe two months back, and he said the tours were starting to gear up again. Awesome. We'll have to look into they were getting busy. Cool. So. Tour again. I want to see on the cemetery tour. Well, if I'd like to do the cemetery tour. I'd love to do the underground tour. I'd love to do a live tour. I don't think a live tour would work. Well, it depends on what's going on. Depends on what's going on. Now, the reason I say this is because last week at the end, not last week, I'm sorry, the week before we didn't record last week. At the end of the recording for the last episode, someone said hi again. I didn't hear it this time, but I heard it the last time. So it was very audible. When you you just go to the very end of it, like it's like the last minute, minute and a half when we're closing it up, someone says hi. It's the second it's, time it's happened. I know. It's weird. trying to come through. Apparently so. So I've been taking to listening to the podcasts, not just 
to hear what we did, but to hear if anyone else is here with us. To listen beyond. Yep. And maybe we had some contact tonight. At least I know I did, apparently. Yes. Yes. But that's for the show. For, for, for a few minutes ahead when people listen to that. Yeah. Oh. That's right. We'll get into it. Yep. So without further ado, you know, it's Paul Gutierrez. He's a local. He's out of... Uh, Macaulay Hills. Thank you. Macaulay Hills. It's hard for me to read, let alone say. It's okay. I, that one, I only know how to say really well because of friends from my early 20s. So. Yeah. He's about 30, 45 minutes away from us here in Orangevale, California. Um, he lives about 15 minutes, he said, from Volcano. So. Yeah. Oh, he's up there in gorgeous country, too. Yep. I might have. Got a volcano, um, uh, Preston Castle area, all that area. Uh, so no. Jackson, Preston's a different direction. Yeah. He's not, actually, he's near Jackson. In that old that area, he's not Jackson's right there where Preston near Preston Castle and I own and stuff. It's all in there. Yeah, but volcano is like all right there. Yeah, but, but he's talking closer to the Placerville area yeah. where he's at, so which is closer he's to us than Jackson. It's away from volcano. That's not that anyway. Far. Let's not argue the locations. <laughs> it's not what we're here for tonight. Semantics. Let's go. Well, I'm always up for semantics. <laughs> no, you're not. Yes, I am. You're an old buddy, daddy. You're not up for anything. Yeah. Yeah. I just did. I love no, you, you both. I'm about seeing my chair, ready to go. Hey, we both. broke Tracy again. <laughs> well, you love doing that. No, you do. It's you instigate. You're doing it right now. No, See. Unfortunately. Anyway. Well, <laughs> in between time, mate, we got fun. <laughs> let's get on to our interview with Paul, shall we? Yeah. yeah let's. All right. Here we go. This is Paul. Um. We're here tonight with Paul Gutierrez, also known as the Stoned Medium. How you doing tonight, Paul? I am doing great. How about you? Pretty good. Um, what can you tell us about yourself, really? <laughs> well, um, I am retired, but part-time gainfully employed as a medium. Uh, I'm trying to help as many people as I can overcome traumatic events in their life through spiritual contact with their loved ones. Um, I offer free services to, to everybody who would like to reach out as long as they're willing to really discover what is deep inside them it's hurting them. And we get down to the problem and we fix it with everyday solutions on top of spiritual health. Oh, cool. Um, and, and, um, Brains oozing. Yeah, brains are oozing. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, well, when did you discover you had the gift? Well, I've always had them, um, but I self-medicated a lot, which formed some really big addictions over the years to where I blocked a lot of the time. Um, I was told I was crazy for over two decades. Uh, so I wound up running into an actual medium who is now my wife. Um, we were dating at the time. She came out about five years ago and said, hey, who is that guy you were talking to? And the, it looked like World War II kind of uniform. And I was like, mm, what are you talking about? Like, I tried to play it off. And she was like, no, I saw you talking to him. I see you talking to him a lot. Um, and I say, look, you know, when I have PTSD issues, I talk to them to take their power away. So they leave me alone, and it's just a hallucination. Wait a minute. That, how can you see a hallucination <laughs> that I'm right, having? Right. She's like, that's not a hallucination. That's that's a ghost. Mm -hmm. um, you, you, you constantly talk to ghosts. And 
I'm like, well, my therapist told me that these are my hallucinations and I have to take the power out of them by talking to them and conquer that fear. She's like, yeah, no, that's not the case. <laughs> um, so I wound up reaching out to uh, Patty Negri and I wound up doing a seance with her uh, at a hotel where I live now uh, that's haunted. And she's like, yeah, you're a full-blown medium. Um, she's taking care of all the cost of my schooling uh, that I do through the university. And it's been a good probably three years I've had control of most of the gifts. I'm still learning. I still lose control here or there. Uh, but my, my control time is definitely a lot better than it used to be. Um, and by using the different tools of the trade from dowsing rods, tarot cards, um, and long meditations prior to an investigation, I could get down to the bottom of pretty much anything spiritual that goes on in a home or business or whatever is adapted to the land, um, which here in California is usually a Native American bound type thing. Mm -hmm. um, from when they were finally removed at the end of uh, the gold rush. Okay. Anybody got questions? I, I'm, it, it's, once again, when he's saying things like, hey, I had that. Wait a second. Light bulb. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's also tough, you know, because I'm bipolar. Um, I have an, an attachment disorder. I have some mental health conditions. So it's always been chalked up as to, oh, yeah, Paul's just crazy. Like, you know, just humor him. And then all of a sudden, these things, once I had sobered up and after about three years of being sober, these things were so prominent in my life. I was speaking to these things every single day and it's just multitudes of spirits mm -hmm. and where I think I'm taking power out of stuff. I was really crossing spirits over and had no idea whatsoever. Um, so it definitely was a big uh, weight lifted off the mental health shoulders mm -hmm. when I learned to, that it's actually something real that I'm dealing with. Um, a lot of my PTSD and things uh, healed over a couple years, but it was definitely the catalyst yeah. to healing uh, spiritually rather than seeking, you know, the eight different antipsychotic medications, anxiety, depression stuff that they, they had me on. And they weren't um, working so, in, at all anyway, right? What was that? Or they weren't working for you at all anyway, were they? No, they would just make me kind of a lump on a log loser that didn't do anything and didn't care about being homeless or on drugs or drinking. They just made things a hundred percent worse. Mm -hmm. Yep. Sorry. So, so now I have to now I have to ask the obvious question. After all that, why the stoned medium? Well, I'm a cannabis advocate here in California that. You know, I even spoke even to the steps of the, the Capitol building here in Sacramento about cannabis reform and that veterans and first responders definitely need to be allowed to access these things through a federal channel so that they can actually get the help they need. Because at seven suicides a day, that just, you know, or was it, I think it's 22 a day now, 22 veteran suicides a day. Um, it's just outrageous. So obviously something's mm -hmm. not working and it's 
boils down to the pills. So it's about bringing the awareness of cannabis as a medication, not something that can be abused. So there's definitely Mm -hmm. regimens that have to be in place, but if done through a shaman um, or a holistic practitioner, other ways instead of smoking the flower are are better for some mental health conditions. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of why I'm the stone medium because 24 hours a day I am stoned, um, but I'm just trying to own it as, as far as what really drives me, and that's healing. Mm-hmm. And the greatest thing that's ever happened to me in my healing is finding cannabis because when I did meet my wife, I was terminally ill with cancer and valley fever. Her cannabis oil is what saved me and has brought me four years to pass my expiration date. Well, that's good. That is awesome. That is awesome. Oh, yeah. Anybody else got anything? Yeah, it was definitely a great blessing. So uh, I'm definitely, I give her a whole bunch of hard time these days because I'm like, man, I I didn't have a plan. I was Mm -hmm. set to die. I was going out with the bang. And then you had to come along and stop that. So now I got to plan the rest of my life. Darn it. Oh, darn. So this whole medium thing wound up being uh, even more of a blessing because through my healing, I honed my skills and now I get to help people for free. And they have me travel the United States, clearing their homes and blessing the land and and doing a whole lot of really cool stuff I never thought I'd be able to get to do. And you do all that free of charge. Yeah. So even when it comes down to the traveling, I don't charge for anything I do in the home. Um, People help me get there. They make travel donations to where I can pay for a plane ticket there and back or they'll take care of a hotel. Um, because I'm not the richest person in the world and I'm paycheck to paycheck, just like the other 90% of Americans. So, you know, luckily I have uh, good clients (laughs) that bring me along. Um, but I don't, I don't charge for those. My business is solely donation run and it's not, it's not expected. Mm -hmm. So when I do get it, it, it's just even, it's even better. And it goes right back into helping people. So all the donations go into, getting the more seeds to plant, to do sage, you know, so my wife can plant more sage so we can give sage wands for free. It goes into the crystals. It goes into holy water. It goes into Palo Santo to a hundred different herbs, spices, and, and ritual things that people need to protect themselves at home. Okay. I'm, I'm potting questions for, for my podcast at the same point. So cleanse home, like, gee, Late June, July, my house will be empty for a minute and I can cleanse it, but I don't want my grandparents out. (laughs) (laughs) So when it comes to the cleansings and stuff that I do, I don't remove all the spirits if you don't want me to. I come in, I do an investigation with my wife and my executive assistant, and we investigate. We figure out exactly who is there. Um, If they have messages and just want to cross, then we cross everybody over. If there's evil or negative entities or spirits that are in the home, we will definitely get rid of those. But as far as the spirits that carry that light, love, and positivity, they are absolutely left alone. I will not remove them um, unless the homeowner says, yeah, I really do not want this in my house. Then I will convince those, you know, the light, love, and positive spirits to cross in order to be free 
and travel wherever you know they feel like going next um once they cross i mean they're in and out as much as they want they could go wherever you blink you're in bora bora blink again you're in australia so i mean they they will have more essential freedom but they more than likely will pop in and out there's no clearing the space a hundred percent of spirits a hundred percent of the time you could clear a bubble for yourself with energy candles or um, protection uh, or divination spells that you could burn but it they will come back um, there's no stopping those spirits from coming out even saging or using palo santo won't get rid of spirits that are of the light love and positivity variety because they don't mean any harm yeah correct so, so. yeah it's they're they're of god they're of the universe they're of the higher power whatever your faith is you, you know that's what they are harnessing to um so for me a lot of the spirits are universal um because i'm more of the i believe our creator of the universe and that one entity that has created the other deities from allah to a christian god to tao to buddhism that all of the religions have that validity and none of them are a hundred percent correct but none of them are a hundred percent wrong so it's finding that higher power that links that positivity light and love and sort of letting it grow within the home to keep those spirits that are light love and positivity okay I, I'm cheering on because that's my religious view. I label myself as as, as a Judeo Taoist because of what I've come across, but I believe in like the aspects of the one true and not yeah. So when I'm talking to my Catholic family, they look at me and pat my head but see that I'm following this their tenets basically. And then you know, talk to the family, they pat my head, okay, but Yes, my Jewish godmother's. Yep, yes, okay, yeah. So it makes so me you're basically to catering to the whole family. Yes, yeah. Because, <laughs> yes. Yeah, and I, I do that same thing with my clients because I was raised Catholic, I became Christian, found out I was Jewish, and I, over the years, I've studied, I went to Bible college. Um, so I became a pastor for a while at a non-denominational Christian church, um, but the a lot, so many inconsistencies through all the different religions that I had learned in my life and through Bible college made me kind of look for that, well, if all these people are warring all the time over religious beliefs, there has to be some sort of validity to that God being real. So through my process of healing, I've run into certain entities that would be a representative of a different higher power than my own. So when it came to meeting God, when I overdosed on cocaine and pills, it was a different God than I see today as far as the universe and being more in space okay. when I do my meditations and astral project and really get down to that ancestral trauma that I'm trying to cure my own self from because I am Jewish. Um, you know, a lot of my relatives didn't make it out of World War II. Some mm -hmm. that made it out of World War One made it here from Belarus. Some, some made it from the Ukraine. Um, a couple made it from Russia. Nobody made it back from uh, Germany. 
unfortunately. But the one, the two that really matter was my great grandmother and my grandfather who made it here in World War II. So that that generational trauma, the ancestral trauma, we face it as well, even if we don't run from those problems. But they they definitely hold validity validity as being real um and an actual presence that can be sought and communicated with if you're willing to um you just have to have that that pure heart going into the healing process to meet that creator that you really devote your faith to because that's the other thing that really it boils down to is the faith you hold for a god it doesn't matter if that God is your toaster, whatever is making you that better person and your higher power, it has energy if it's something physical. So that energy of the toaster, if it makes you a better person, so be it. Pray to the toaster. It has an energy to it. It flows with everything else. So you can meet that creator that created that toaster as far as you know, being a God or, you know, whatever the path may be. There's so many different variations of how you can explain this that it would take a hundred different podcasts to get into all the different facets of what could be, what might be. And it's the reality of what really is that blows a lot of people's minds and brings them into a new sense of person and being and healing. Okay. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) So, what you may not know right now is that Paul and I have talked before the podcast, and he's told me that he's got a lot of stories to tell. Awesome, awesome. Maybe we can uh, convince him to tell us one. That'd be awesome. Wouldn't mind. I think the the best, the most shocking for me was doing that first seance with Patty Negri. And, you know, seeing her on TV all these years, you think, oh, I'd never be able to talk to her get that validation I really needed because I wasn't listening to my wife. I wasn't listening to friends. I needed that outside source that wasn't anybody I knew who would just sugarcoat or tell me whatever because they didn't want to hurt my feelings. Mm -hmm. So I finally got a hold of her. I finally was able to arrange getting to do the seance at the Hotel Leger, which the Ghost Adventures had been at and I really wasn't too much into paranormal shows. I read a lot of news and um, Discovery Channel type stuff. So ghost adventures would pop up here or there and I'd watch, but I never, I saw it as entertainment only and not real. But when I started having this happening, I was finally able to arrange everything. So my wife and I piled into the car, we drove to McCollumy Hill and I had never seen so many ghosts lining the streets. I had, and I was like, I don't know if I could do this because there's ghosts everywhere here. They're just standing around. We had seen a horse and buggy coming up the street. That was a spiritual, uh, a spiritual thing. So it was an actual ghost of a residual energy that would travel back and forth on Lafayette. And, I was totally mind blown and freaking out. And we had to stay the night in this hotel. And I was just deathly afraid. And then I met Patty and she's like, look, you're okay. None of these things can hurt you. A lot of it's residual, but just calm yourself. 
smoke a little bit and we'll start the seance in about 30 minutes. So I collected myself and I was doing great. I was doing great for the first hour until we went into the tunnel area. And this is where I completely lost my, my mind at the table. I started gripping it because all of a sudden I felt hands coming from what had to have been from up from the ground and started grabbing my legs and pulling on them and pulling on my pants, pulling on the back of my shirt. And I looked at Patty and we're live on this, uh, this net, the spirit network. And I couldn't cuss. I couldn't jump up. And I definitely didn't want to look like a total freak show in a room full of women on a live network. So I'm trying not to pee myself. And I looked at Patty and I was like, Patty, there are things trying to pull me into the ground. And she did this little chant and a stomp and it shot everything into the ground and it stopped. And we continued with it. But 10 minutes later, they came back, grabbed me again. And I looked at Patty. My eyes had to have been bug eyed. She's like, why don't we conclude in this and we'll, we'll get back to our live viewers in a little bit. So they cut the cameras. I've never run out of a building so fast in my whole entire life. I normally will run towards something that's bad to stop it. I'm a protector naturally, but I actually ran pretty much screaming out of a hotel, grabbing my, my medical issue, uh, green stuff and headed to the car for about 30 minutes so I could stop the freak out. And that's kind of my first major paranormal experience uh, as far as me just being scared completely to death. Um, so was it, what was it that scared you about it? Was it just all the spirits involved or was it, uh, did you feel any sort of menace from them or anything like that? No, and that's the thing. I really, Patty came out and started explaining, hey, you know, this is kind of what's going on. This is why I believe they are doing this. And we can go back in and we have to go to one more room further in the tunnels. And I'd like you to be a part of it. I was like, okay, I can do this. I can do it. They're not going to hurt me. They're not bad. When I went back, they were, they were no longer in the ground. They were standing all around in this little area where they were trying to get us to go because they wanted to cross over. They had been stuck there. They were Chinese slaves and there were some uh, black slaves that were there, Spanish. So I just started talking to them. And while I'm doing this solo, uh, it's not, it wasn't necessarily a solo investigation. I'm 15 feet away from people and my wife was in view. So I wasn't too scared to go in there after they had filmed in there. And I started just talking to them and they just wanted to cross and they wanted me to see and feel what they had been through. So what the little chamber was that we were sitting in was where they would be hung by their hands or they were executed in there. And they just wanted to explain that, that this wasn't just a storage area. This is what happened to them. We were able to, really get them to see that they were dead because some of them didn't really know 
but we cleansed that whole entire place and got rid of most of those spirits out of the basement and the tunnels. There was a shadow figure that when I did work for the hotel as um, a bartender there, I, I came across my first shadow figure. And it wound up being this evil part that was of the hotel owner, George Leger, because he had done some kind of shady stuff and hurt some people. Um, and that shadow figure was kind of like that evil part of his soul. Um, and unfortunately, there's no getting rid of that because he's in his penance. He's stuck there as that part of himself. Now, his older self is also in the hotel. Um, but he's upstairs in a tuxedo expecting the hotel to start doing their Christmas balls and the extravagant, extravagant affairs again. Um, and his younger self, when he was more of the cowboy just setting out for the Wild West, um, is located upstairs. And he walks the balcony and pops into all the rooms and will literally he's normally the reason people are driven out of the hotel. Really quick, which hotel is this? I must have missed it. Sorry. Where um, it's it? the Hotel Leger in McCollum Hill. McCollum Hill. Okay. I, I missed where it was and which hotel it was. Sorry. Thank you. <laughs> All that talk about uh, a negative spirit like that. I was actually thinking about something today, uh, listening to another podcast, and I wanted your opinion on this. Do you think that a building, say, that houses negative energy, begets more negative energy that yes. something something inside it would feed off that energy and attract just grow it. stronger attract. and attract more yes it will it definitely will mm -hmm. so the like the for instance the land that i live on um has so mccolumy hill was a sundown town so if you were anything but white you had to use the tunnel system because you were not allowed at out at night so they built this whole entire tunnel system, and my property is located where the entrance is. Mm -hmm. And the evil and negativity that is stored in those tunnels is immense. Um, I came face-to-face -face with a demon in there. I have come face-to-face -face with some very pissed-off people that were slaves that dug the tunnels, um, which part of this entrance the rock that came from it is what the hotel leger is sitting on currently as part of its foundation okay so i believe a hundred percent that the negative intentions for the tunnels are definitely held there i believe that they draw in more negativity to fuel that fire um same with the basement of the Hotel Leger. Those tunnels ran underneath the hotel, and that's part of the tunnel system that we were standing in doing the investigation with Patty. So the, that negativity travels throughout this whole entire town. So the more negative stuff that happens, um, we had an accidental overdose here back in October, November, and that negativity sparked fights throughout the whole entire town with the younger community and then it sparked more negative things and a couple people have gone missing from this community so i think that the more negativity that happens here the more things that will be blown up um 
exponentially with more negativity. It just wants to keep fueling you. Because mm. it, feeds, it feeds off that negativity. Yes, that's the only way for its survival is to cause more negativity and to be a magnet for it. Mm-hmm. You know, the reason I ask, by the way, is because I was listening to a podcast about the Cecil Hotel today. Okay. And that question was actually asked on the podcast. And, of course, no one had an answer for it. So. The Cecil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But that place begets two words. It happens, Cecil. It happens so often there and, and mm-hmm. so frequently that they can that question was They it or do whatever they want to it, but it's got issues. Oh, definitely. So definitely. It will always have issues. Mm-hmm. Well, just the same with prisons as well. I mean, prisons are built and they absorb all these energies over the years. So it's that negative purpose for the place. It's the negativity that more than likely it goes back further. So you have to look at the land. Who was there prior? Mm -hmm. So if the Native Americans were there, well, guaranteed you're going to have to deal with angry Native American spirits, Mm -hmm. a skinwalker more than possibly if. Uh, somebody had lost their life in a battle there, then guaranteed you're probably looking at having a skinwalker present or some sort of protector as an elemental that has come into place there. So negative things will continue to happen. Building a prison like where San Quentin is, that was Native American. That had a negative Native American history. Hey, now let's put a negative building here and put nothing but negative and evil people in it. Yeah. Now, I've been to San Quentin, and I remember seeing some of the things and entities that are there, and it is definitely one of the worst places that I, I think is in California besides Bakersfield. Bakersfield is littered with elementals that are Native American that are really, really ticked off. I would argue that. <laughs> no, no, I'm not laughing. I just, I've been to Bakersfield. I kind of understand. Yes. There's always this, there's this heavy feeling there. No, there really is. I, I believe know. him. I know. I That's know. why I'm laughing. I believe you. I never, I've never been, been to Bakersfield, I but like I believe Bakersfield. you. I never asked. Sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not laughing to be funny. I'm laughing because I agree with him completely. So, Paul. Tell me about your your scariest moment. The scariest moment was, I would say it's the Calexico investigation. Okay. A week prior to, you know, two weeks prior, we started getting really unusual things happening in the home. Um, I was thinking, and my wife also was thinking, she was making P, uh, PK energy. Um, she's a medium as well, but she just doesn't practice publicly, you know, for just anybody. Um, so she she was having weird things happen, and our phones were falling off the couch. Um, candles were moving. Um, we had a picture fall, and but it didn't break. So it was like, how did it fall but not break when the front and back are pure glass mm-hmm. and very, very delicate glass? Um, so there were some strange things happening and then it started getting worse. And then I started getting nightmares. My wife started getting nightmares and all of a sudden I was coming face to face with this woman who was just, it was the scariest, most repulsive yet beautiful thing that I had ever seen. I mean, the, the way that she moved and walked was elegant but being 
burnt and this bright red light shining through cracks of her skin, her horns that would come and go and they would move. You know, it was just so weird. Um, she had just no eye sockets. It was just a little indentation. There was fire coming off of her at one point. And it wound up being that there was an altar inside this home that the, was sealed into a wall that was prayed to by cartel members. Um, it was their deity. I can't recall her name off the top of my head. Um, but she's their God that protects their drugs and their money. And they would make sacrifices to them. And they're also the ones that if you um, people were getting kidnapped and sacrificed along the border and they'd be kidnapped from border towns, those are the types of things that were happening at this time this altar was built. Um, and it gave her more power. So since I was entering the home, I'm a threat. She shows up and finally reveals herself and her glory. And I... I literally, I think I peed a little and I shed a tear and I asked my wife, I was like, you got to get rid of this. I don't know what it is yet, but she is just brutal. And my wife's like, um, yeah, that's a goddess. And it's more likely the cartel one. It has to do with where we're going from what I'm understanding. Cause she, she's more native American than I am. Um, so there was a connection to my wife more than me spiritually with her. So we wound up making an offering. Um, we calmed her down a little bit. But to have a, a deity like that show up trying to tell you, you will not go to this house, you will not remove me from it, was definitely terrifying. It's that the same feeling when I had met death, telling me kind of the rule of, you don't interfere with me and I won't take you. Okay. It was that same threatening tone, that feeling of just this really is life and death stuff that we're dealing with as being a medium. And it was my first realization of, holy cow, I got to get Patty on the phone. I've got to get somebody that is in the paranormal community that I talk with every day because I, I'm not going to die cleansing a home. Um, so, once the fear was over of that she's not my higher power and my higher power being the universe controls what she does. And the reason that she's even here is because of that universal higher power that I have. So we were able to uh, break that down, get her put back and uh, removed from not only my house, but theirs. But that was literally the scariest thing that I had ever been through. It's still the scariest thing. Then even my first traumatic uh, leg grabbing at the hotel, because um, this is something that left a mark. Like, I laugh about the hotel stuff, but when it came to this instance, this is something that still just really just scares me, because it was my first meeting of some other goddess um, that wasn't in my faith and it was eye opening my, my world split in two. Um, and it, it was a, it took a, it took a month to really come back down to ground zero and, and face the fact that 
even though I do know a lot about religion and faith, there's still 99.9% of the rest of all the knowledge that I have no freaking clue about what's really going on. It's very humbling. Definitely. Oh, yeah. I'm a little humbled just hearing about it. Yeah. (laughs) I'm (laughs) nerve-wracked and afraid about what he had to go through. That's pretty Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've heard of people with spirit attachments, but you got a freaking goddess in your house. Oh, I want to hear about the fighting coming in. Yeah. Eventually, <laughs> if you, we have time, I want to hit the volcano place too, because that's also something he was talking about. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> she's she's planning our itinerary for Sorry. vacation. The volcano <laughs> investigation and cleansing was, was definitely um, very eye-opening as well, because I encountered a lava goddess. That's why I wanted to read that. Sorry. In California. <laughs> I mean, why you not? Know, We've got our plates. In, plates. <laughs> Sorry. You know, it's it's like 11 miles from where I live, which I didn't even know there was a volcano 11 miles from where I live. But, I mean, hence the name of the town. Um, the town is also very, very haunted. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, um, But with her, she was pulling in negative spirits. She had this lady's fiance tried to kill himself in their garage that she had claimed that she had pulled from the the native americans that were here and that's who there was their originator so i'm assuming that due to a tragic event this native american had turned herself as an elemental Uh, it didn't go the skinwalker range but there was a skinwalker out on the property but it was more concerned for the owner and kind of instructed, hey, she needs to leave an offering. This is kind of what to do. So she's done that and calmed down the skinwalker and her flower garden is growing again. Her vegetables are growing. The horse isn't getting screwed with as much as it was. Because um, even her horse was feeling the effects of the spiritualism that was going on there. So a lot of things calmed down. But I had to shoot this lava goddess through a mirrored portal that had been open sometime between the seventies and now, um, because one thing I've noticed with old mirrors like this, the ones that have the silver back to it, well, it could become a trauma mirror. And if it sees death, if it sees a traumatic event, it'll absorb that energy and it can create a portal to where they could come in and out. And that's where this woman was coming in and out of from. And it was, definitely uh another traumatic sort of experience i had bruises all over me i had scratches all over my back um my wife i took it off and she's like there are scratches everywhere on your back and my first thing was like i swear i just did a cleansing and she's like no they're literally you it's not possible for these things to be done like so it was definitely uh one of those holy cow moments to coming home from that one. And that was just this last week. <laughs> wow. Has, oh, has what? No, no, go ahead. I was going to ask, has he ever been to the reformatory? Well, you could ask him that instead of Sorry. me. Sorry. Well, you, you <laughs> stopped me. So have, have you ever been to the, um, the boys reformatory where they have the haunted uh, the Preston Castle? Preston Castle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I have not been to Preston Castle. I drove by it and almost got violently ill off the energy. And I asked my wife what it was. She was like, oh, it's Preston Castle. 
<laughs> oh, it's and nothing. she refuses to go because she thinks her belief, and which I don't discount this because my wife is usually right about 100% of everything, so I just don't argue um, with her anymore, that she's like, if you go to prison, your soul will be trapped there. Or if you get out of that prison alive, a piece of your soul will be stuck there. And that just kind of made me think, well, I've been in like five jails and two prisons. Um, I'm really screwed when I die. You better go collect me and cross me at these places. I'll be waiting. But she will not step into a place that's known to have evil or be built for evil intentions like a prison, a jail. Um, horrible tragedy of Preston Castle will... It, she will I, I can't pay her enough i could give her a million dollars and she won't step foot in that place i mean i will i'll go there by myself and talk to stuff but uh, as far as her her being uh with me when i go that's a no but i mean i really want to go um i was just not ready to so i figured whenever i got an invitation to go then i would take that invitation up real quick yeah, right now they they haven't been letting anybody do investigations in there for quite some time. We tried to find Things out. Things are starting to open up, though. They are starting their tours again. Yep. In August. Cool. Well, usually that's a Zach Baggins issue. That normally happens after he's been through a place. Okay, Has he ever been there? That's the question. Yes, actually. He's been to Preston Castle. Yeah, they did. They did one. Oh, leave it to him there. to screw something up. <laughs> Sorry, did I say that? Can you tell See, me? I didn't like even it? know they went to Preston Castle. I. I, I love that guy, Aaron, but I just, I don't need unnecessary drama and negativity in my life anymore. And every investigation comes up with a demon. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I just, I can't deal with the melodrama and overacting anymore. Yep. No, no, don't, don't sweat it. We baggins bash all the time. Don't wait. So, so let's, <laughs> let's take a swing in another direction. Have you been to Evangeline's and what have you come across there? That's my home away from home. I came, well, I came across about four or five kid spirits there. Um, and then there were two ladies that were chatting me up and trying to cut in front of the children and talking. Um, and that was just because they hadn't talked to a male medium prior that yep. actually see them. Like, were, I physically saw them yep. and they just weren't used to it. So they were trying to really ask questions about my stuff and how I was able to do this. And I was like, I don't know. Like, I don't want to see you. I don't really want to talk to you, but I'm going to because I know it's going to help you. Yeah. And they're like, well, can you come back? And I'm just like, probably not. The stuff on the streets worse than what's in the building. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. You talk about trauma. Oh, man. There's about 50 on that street. There's a group of about 50 African-Americans that are completely burned and waterlogged. Yep. So that, drives that, that group, like yep. I, I just, I couldn't, my heart hurt so much because with my ancestral trauma from my Jewish side, not to mention the other half of me is Native American, that I, my heart literally breaks having to deal with slavery issues mm-hmm. and just that unfair treatment of the culture of that part of Sacramento at the time. Yep. It, it's like, you won't catch me going down below old Sacramento. I won't do it just because like just thinking about what's going on in the Ukraine today 
breaks my heart because I still have two family members over there and I don't know if they're alive or dead, if they got out, nothing. So it's just, I try to avoid the unnecessary painful things due to the fact that it messes with my own mental health and my own tragedies and, you know, dealing with slavery stuff. It brings my mom's stuff. She told me about being Jewish in the South, you know, like she had to use a colored fountain because she was Jewish. Right. And and that breaks my heart to this day. And that was just in the fifties and sixties. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that jives with everything that yeah, we, we know yeah, about the place. So I working there, I've heard most of the stories, you know, the fire that the whole the whole nine yards. But I was the fires and the flooding, yeah. Yes. The the the, the men sitting at the, the dance hall, you know, watching the stage at the Eagle Theater because there's a woman dancing, there's a woman in town as the floodwaters come up and put out the and put out the lights because she's dancing and she's feeling like, Okay guys, you're gonna drown. I'm leaving the stage now. I've heard all there's uh, even the comedy club has a lot of weird stuff, and yes. I, I keep hearing that there's a demon there. But I've been in there a few times, and there's a really pissed off building owner um, <laughs> from the original building that was there. But other than yeah, that, he's, he's th- not there's the nothing that <laughs> there's no demon there. Yeah. There's just irritated people because nobody's listening to them Mm -hmm. you know the people come in they investigate but there's no solution to the problem they have um and i try to stay out of the businesses that are haunted just because my heart breaks so much for those that want to cross over i cross them over and sometimes this activity that happens in places stops Mm -hmm. and then i get yelled at and i'm like look i can't not help them yeah like you if they say, Hey, I want to cross, I, they're going, I'm opening the door. Like it's, it, it, it does, it's, you're not going to stop anything from, from that happening. So I try to stay out of businesses. My, my primary, you know, 99% of everything I do are in homes and, um, businesses rarely hit me up because they want to keep their spirits. Right. Um, and I just, I will not sign a contract that states, you will not cross spirits over. I won't sign it. So I just don't get asked anymore. Mm-hmm. So now when you do cross over spirits, I kind of want to get a visual here. What does that look like to you? You know, I, I've heard a lot of things, but for me, they literally just fade off in, in front of me. You know, there's no, no light. Flash like that. Of light. There's no, real doorway I see unless I'm on shrooms I could see it you know I could see a little bit more but it's more of an aura that they have that gets really bright and just disappears there's been no door I've never seen through a gateway where I could see other ghosts on the other side it's not as spectacular as some have made it out to be Um, but there's this sense of euphoria that comes over me every single time that with that cord that I built with them right before it breaks. And when they cross, I feel what they feel. And it's just this euphoric. It's like being on Molly and right when it hits you and you just melt and get hot and booze into that chair. Like that's kind of the, the same feeling that happens. Um, when, when, 
these entities cross. It's beautiful, um, but even my words can't describe anything. Okay. So we've talked about the spooky stuff. How about a funny one? Or fun. Or fun. Oh, yeah. Well, there, well there, there's there's a few. There, there's the, the good-hearted one of the grandma talking to this lady in the cemetery here in McCollamy Hill. Mm-hmm. Um, and she came through singing Oh Danny Boy, which <laughs> ended up being the song that she used to sing to her at nighttime. Okay. And, and I have the EVP, EVP. It's on my Facebook page um, for, for the Stone Medium. Um, well, and I don't know out. what's going on over there, but you guys are getting a lot of flashes up on that ceiling and stuff moving around. So I don't know if you have a reflection off of glass or I, I had, something. I, I did a terrible thing. I had to, to answer a text to my daughter. Cell phone. <laughs> and, it, and it required oh, a flash. A cell phone flash. My phone's stupid. And dog tags. <laughs> but that was only the last like two minutes. So at the same point, her phone moving around. Her now, if you're still moving. seeing them, then there's something, something up. Yeah. <laughs> and it wasn't because this place is always alive. We have we have some activity Nothing here. Nothing negative here. so far. No, no it's this never been anything alive. negative. So the, the the one other story was when I was working at the bar. Um, it just happened to be a day where my PTSD treatment through my wife and shaman was my shroom capsule. Um, I microdose with shrooms and it helps with PTSD and a lot of traumatic events. And I get walked through a process to overcome the trauma that I'm supposed to face on this. You know, it's not a trip. You don't go anywhere mentally. It's this feeling you get. It's just a really big Xanax pill basically is what it is, but just naturally. And it helps heal the parts of your brain. Well, we got these really strong shrooms in. And I was supposed to get my 0.15 dose um, in a capsule. So I took it and it was supposed to end before I went to work. Instead, I wound up getting a half a gram dose that Mm. was of these really strong shrooms. And I went on a very spectacular trip that day. And since I was new on the job, I couldn't call in sick. Um, So I went to work completely tripping on shrooms and being at the Hotel Leger, um, it's haunted as hell. And I was able to see all the different layers of the eras of individual ghosts. So if I had a gentleman named Mike, who is a bartender there sitting in front of me, I can channel him sometimes to see his environment that he sees. But in this case, I was wide open. My third eye is going a thousand miles an hour. And every ghost looked real. I could not tell the difference between anything. And five times during that shift, a gentleman would come up and sit down at the bar. I would notice them being strangely dressed, but take it, keep in mind, I'm on shrooms and not really thinking um, <laughs> well enough to even really be at work or right. in public. Right. So I would pour the drink. I'd put it in front of them. I'd get a good, healthy chuckle from them, and they disappear. And I'm like, son of a, they did it again. Uh, and, and this went on for a six-hour bartending shift. And then once I cleaned up, you know, they were trying to trip me while I mopped. And their energy off me was, it was like my normal beacon light and aura times 100. 
So they're feeding off my energy and I'm not losing any. So I'm being vampired by everything around me to trip me, spill my bucket of water, do everything it can to distract me. The TV, the jukebox would go full blast in a sleepy town of 200 some people. So people definitely heard the radio that night uh, going off till 2 a.m. when we closed at 9. Good gravy. Yeah. <laughs> that was an interesting night for sure. Just a night of prank the medium. Yes, it, it, yeah. it definitely was. You know, <laughs> and we had glasses flying off. Um, the margarita glasses kept flying off. And the one bartender that uh, had an accidental overdose, his spirit's still in the bar. He's a really good guy. He's already crossed over, but just chooses to be there. Um, the girlfriend he had at the time still works there, um, or at least did when I was employed there. And uh, he would mess with her, pull the string on her apron, uh, but he would come in and knock the martini glasses over because the people that still came in for martini night at the hotel were jerks. I mean, like we're talking, they were just really entitled people who had been going there for so long that they just really didn't care about anybody but themselves and thought they were entitled to drink specials at half price when they're only a dollar. You know, it's yep. their glasses broke more than anything else on <laughs> Thursday when they were there. So, Serves them right. <laughs> yeah, well, they would only tip like 10 bucks at the end of the night on like a $200 bill. Yeah. So, oh. Yeah, they, they they were special. I think they deserve what they got then. Dude, I feel like like I tip too much at Baylor and Ken. Mm -hmm. My problem is like, yeah, well, I, people I'll wonder why martini five. glasses just don't stay in one piece there. Yep. Good thing you don't like martinis, huh? Yeah. Give <laughs> me yeah, I don't even drink, so I, I didn't have to worry about any of the glasses in that place. <laughs> no, you were only worrying about what's real and what wasn't. <laughs> Yeah, and that was the only reason for having the job, you know, it's, it was a big risk because after the Caldor fire and the, the smoke damage and our evacuation and everything that we went through during the, the fire season led us to allow me to take the job at the hotel and to move here from Placerville. And it, it really was, I was able to hone so many skills in that place that I'm really grateful for the employment that I had when I was there. Awesome. awesome. Yeah. Sounds amazing. The processing of commercial information is complete. Back to the show. So during the break, um, you mentioned that there was somebody who wanted to talk to me. Yeah, I believe it's somebody that passed uh, in 2014, a female, um, and I don't get, I get the deep motherly love, but I also get that it's not a mom, so I'm putting together that with her age and how she's presenting herself, it would be more of the grandmother um, that passed. Okay. Um, I'm going to get into, I'm going to pull some cards. The way this works with me, it's not an, it's not really a tarot card reading. 
um, the process is the spirit will guide me through my shuffling process. Um, I get the, get a good shuffle. I break the, the deck up into a few different stacks. They point and I will match auras from hers that, that represents you and to the auras that I see popping up on the cards. When I see the aura pop up, I grab a card, I put it in a spot wherever I'm told. Um, it's completely random. It falls under more of the uh, a chaos theory, but this is more of um, with medium ship capabilities. It's more of the spiritual reading, let, allowing them to communicate what cards you would like. And most of the time, I don't even give you the definition from the book that that's uh, what the card is about. Mm -hmm. I'll give you some key words. And I go with what they tell me the message is for that card for you. So it's never 100% as it was written ever. Uh, and it never goes according to plan. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to pull 10 cards and go through it really quick and see what the, what the message is and let the things... You're going to have to kind of let it sit. This could be salty. It may not. It could be a hello. Um, it really depends on what the message is that you need to hear. It may never be the message you want to hear, but it definitely is one that uh, always hits home. Okay, fire away. So I'm going through my shuffling right now. Um It seems that she she's rather fiery and jokative. Um, definitely, I'm I'm seeing a few different things that will I think will coincide with the cards. Um, she's showing me just a lot of different memories through her life, um, the traumas that she was facing and her husband faced. Um, she sees a lot of her husband, your grandfather, and you. Um, and for some reason, it's more of that stubbornness trait, I want to say, that, that she's pointing out. Well, that much is accurate so far. <laughs> Because she's like, it's a, like a mule with this one. Okay. Okay, we're going through some of the cards. So usually how this works is on the Zoom or the Facebook uh, chat. Uh, the messenger live thing you can do, not the live, but the, the video chat you can mm -hmm. do. It, I, you actually get to see me go through and shuffle and deal the cards out. And then, you know, once we go through the reading, it, it, it hits a little bit. It's more validated. Okay through the, the visuals that I that I do give. Uh, there's plenty of videos of that up on the Facebook. Right. Um, well, maybe you could just tell us which cards you draw and what you're getting off of them. 
So the first card that came out is the Two of Pentacles, and that's about balance. And with this, it's like what she's trying to come through is that there seems to be something about trying to find the balance. Um, and I'm going to have to say that with the Eight of Pentacles follow, following it, it's there is sort of like this roadblock of creativity or a plateau that's been reached and that trying to find a balance isn't the root cause of it. And it's, she's saying that there was something that was really devastating that you had gone through that kind of, it may have humbled you that definitely caused some post-traumatic stress disorder along with it that there was this law, like a very long recovery, a very long recovery okay. um, from that. So, cause the, the, the card that comes out is the tower. Now the tower is about destruction and, but it's about total destruction per like the book, but this wasn't total destruction. This was something that was definitely devastating that has thrown you off and causing this block. So it's a mental health issue about there was some, like I was talking about the, the nine of wands about a long journey, about completing this journey from this devastating thing that had happened. Um, when, with this spread, there's a past, there's a goal, there's a future, there's the all these different causes, you know, external influences, opposing factors. But this is more of a simple message coming from it. There's no, this is just a reminder to you, she's saying, of where you've been. Because it's like you've lost sight of something um, after this nine of wands uh and this journey this completion of recovering from this destructive moment brought you to your ace of cups with the ace of cups it, it's about love's beginning but it's not talking about love as far as a woman goes it's that spark and love for yourself that's allowing you to drive forward that's pushing you like for you working so hard on your podcast, this is that love that you found. It, it's not talking about a human, but it is talking about uh, it's this destructive moment. She keeps throwing this back in, but it so that this, this destructive moment is what sparked your love this new love as the ace of cups that was coming out that that's what gave you the drive um as far as the goal it, it came out as the two of wands and that's about being on your path it's about being creative so it's saying that she's pointing out that you are on the correct path but there's still part of that devastation that happened that you have not let go of and forgiven not only the opposite party, but forgiving yourself. And part of that forgiving yourself is the, that this narcissistic other side of whoever this person was, like there was like a, 
an allowance of excuses to be just had. And it's, there's always an excuse. And that's not your situation today, she said. But there's something that you're holding on to that you need to let go of for that. Um, in the your current position of who you are, it comes out as the emperor. And that is... I mean, it's, you're the boss. It's, you are so planted into where you are that with the, with the emperor, I'm getting the, she's saying there's a logical pointing out your logical side, that it's your strongest suit and your logical side is clouding this realistic side that happened through this devastating moment. Okay. Um, your external influences is actually really good because it's informing about who you are as a, a person to the people around you. And that's the seven of wands. And here, I'll even hold it up here so you can see my screen on it. Okay. It's about being the light for others where they think you're in utter complete darkness and you are the light that shines on them to allow them a break from reality that this is, you bring people in to help, to heal. Um, she's also saying though, that you sometimes forget and think that you're in the darkness yourself and that sometimes you feel a little lost. I mean, this is nothing crazy. It's nothing that, every single person goes through but it seems that there is a a sense of pride behind letting that show that you don't let your you don't become vulnerable to a point where people see that weakness from you that you're always strong you're always trying to keep it together um and she's saying that that's not really a part of who you need to be the so this kind of makes sense as far as the tower is concerned, because the next card is the seven of cups, which is about deception. And this is the hope and fear side. And this is with this reading it's pointing towards mental health that where you may think that there's some deception going on and some deceit, there really isn't that it's just that past trauma that deals with this tower card. That's what is still affecting you, that, that it plays on your fears. But the hope to this card is the fact that that's not the case. There's no, that's not happening at this time, and it's not going to. Um, the overall card that she's saying of who you've become is the, is the Seven of Swords. And the Seven of Swords, it represents being... It doesn't represent being vulnerable, but with what I'm getting as far as this, it's being vulnerable to those around you. But while this fox here keeps the sword underneath them, it's like he's got his protection, but it's allowing you to really be vulnerable all the time so that you don't allow yourself to get hurt anymore. What she's saying is that you still have these walls up that you're not being 100% vulnerable 
And through this next step of your life, it's you need to let that vulnerability in, that em- more empathy in, and hone the skills of really sniffing the BS out. That your intuition is always correct. That when your gut tells you something, you need to go with it instead of double, you know, double guessing or, um, you know, having to rethink and rethink and rethink and being stuck in your head. And that's kind of where this trying to find a balance also comes in too, is that when you realize you could be vulnerable and not let people hurt you with using your intuition, the better off you're going to be. Okay. Um, I know that one. <laughs> yeah, some noise in the background there. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. Did you get anything out of that, Tracy? I, I, the whole time I'm, I'm wondering if, if it wasn't a dual message. Okay. But I cannot for the life of me remember when my aunt passed away. Uh-huh. Before 2014. Because that's about the same time I started getting that, that same long run going. So. Okay. Um, How about you, dear? You get anything out out of that? No. Well, you know me best. Now, this spirit did come across to talk to me. Well, the trauma you had that. was was she who must not be named. There was that, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even think about that. That's some pretty nasty trauma. My ex was, yeah, she is a piece of work. Uh, her whole family. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that usually that usually follows hand in hand. Mm-hmm. And um, and there's a yeah, there's a lot of uh, when he was talking earlier, a lot of baggage with that. that the girl that misses him or misses her might maybe it's Tierney. Well, if it's she who we did think know it her, is. she didn't get to spend a lot of time with her before she passed. But I don't remember when she passed for sure. Well, I want to say did she passed before or after Grandma Green. I think she passed before Grandma Green, but you said 2014. She actually passed in 2012, so it's pretty close. She also had Alzheimer's and didn't know what day, of the day or month or year it was. Well, I don't, she yeah, hit Alzheimer's on your, your younger brother thinking she he was grandpa all the time. Yeah, so I mean, <laughs> I don't think that occurs in the afterlife, though. No, but yeah. maybe she wasn't aware when she passed. <laughs> Possible. I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea. Um, and if that's the case, perhaps it was Aunt Kay that was having problems missing her. I don't know. I honestly don't know. It's open for interpretation, like he said. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be a number of things. I don't know. Yeah. Well, a lot of, <clears throat> for me, a lot of what you said makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, there's been some trauma and PTSD in my past. I've, I've had some creative blocks lately. The podcast has helped a lot with that. Uh, honestly, I don't know what to make of the message. <laughs> well, the overall message is that the things that it points out to give validation to are the things that are supposed to resonate with you. Mm-hmm. As far as the the message, it's it's more of there's still this cloudiness because here's this is the eight of pentacles right here. 
and it's the spider in the web. It's about building something that lasts. It's about creativity. But mm -hmm. with this falling into the opposing factor card, that's saying that the, there's a block to that creativeness. And it, it's really just honing in on this unforgiveness and this traumatic experience with, with somebody who is a narcissist that you always created excuses for and she always had excuses and it was just that having to apologize for her and all these like it was it's really weird and it's just typical the things she's showing me are just so typical narcissistic behaviors that like I, I'm, I'm surprised like somebody didn't die from this like that's how bad like this emotional devastation was for you. Oh, like it literally, it, it could have killed you type thing. Um, and there's something still that is with that, that it is really keeping that fogginess and that block to that full creative moment. It's letting go. It's that she wants you to be that Fox that's smart and witty and totally creative but also vulnerable and empathetic because you know how to protect yourself. That's why the fox hides the sword. What's your nickname? That open fear card also plays into that. Of that type of stuff isn't happening now. Uh -huh. and, and that situation's over. There's no deception on you. Okay. So it's kind of honing in on some of those things. Well, it's, um, it's kind it's, of funny that you mentioned the fox because my nickname is Fox Feather. Well, that is the who you are and who she sees you as. So, I mean, that she's the one that picked these cards. I could do it completely at random. Mm -hmm. There is no rant. There's nothing pre-planned and shuffled. It's done all by them. Right. So. These are the things that are supposed to validate the message. To me, this message doesn't make sense, which it's never, that's never my concern anyways. It's not supposed to make sense to me. Right. Um, I'm the last, I'm not even in the equation here, except for these are the things that need to be validated within you through the reading while it's going on. So you could understand the message of that, there's there's a sense of pride and passion and proudness of who you are with this two of pentacles because it radiates more than all the other cards and this is the two of wands that symbolizes that you're on the right path and you found it you know so it it really should be felt as a i'm proud of you you finally found your path but you're not harnessing and getting through this mental health block with this past trauma and that's what's really holding you back that's why there's the creative blocks okay i'm not really sure what it all means but i'll have to i'll have to ponder it and figure it out I get some knowing looks from the ladies here in the room. They seem to know a few <laughs> things that I that they're not telling me yet. <laughs> well, like I said, I'm not here to uh, throw all your personal business out there. I'm trying to well, I appreciate not that. give all that out. Um, 
and, and just call you out on my clients know that when you come to me, I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. I throw all your BS out there and I call you on it all, but I tell you how to fix the problem. I don't leave you hanging like most tarot card readers do, mm -hmm. except they say, hey, spend $1,000 on a spell and this and that, and you'll be fine. I don't do that at all. It's literally, these are the steps you need to take. And if I think you need mental health care, but you're too nervous to go in, then I recommend Cerebral, an application you could download on your phone. And there's a few others that I use because I personally have experience using these three times a week. Okay. And there, there's just a lot that I can give when I give a full reading. But like I said, I'm not trying to air all your stuff out live on your podcast. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. <laughs> Well, um, I'm, I'm getting a lot of, of filtering through and, and I know the message is for you, but there's, there's parts that are, are dinging for me as well. Uh -huh. So I'm appreciating this message because I feel like I'm also making progress because of situations and things. And just, so thank you. <laughs> yeah. Tracy's <laughs> experiencing some current trauma. Uh, and you've, you've used a lot of buzzwords that have been happening around me. So, um, yeah, <laughs> I guess we're kind of running in parallel in some aspect or another. So for Tracy, like I pulled four uh -oh. quick cards, Your turn just now. totally at random <laughs> chaos theory. And I got that there, the eight of cups, which the eight of cups symbolizes melodrama. It symbolizes, um, a lot of struggle. Um, mm -hmm. that's here. If you want to, this is the card right here. And this symbolizes a lot of drama and trouble and it's about coming out of it though, yep. that you've already made it through and you're almost out of the woods here on this downward slope. But what I'm really getting is that that's not even the major part of who you are and what you need to be doing because the Hierophant card comes out and this is about this only comes out when you need to be a teacher, a counselor, um, and a healer. That is basically, you know, Scrout's uh, just, just shouting healer. And you need to be that teacher, that mentor. Um, and that's what that card is because of all the stuff you've been through. So this wand card, all the wands are down here. This is the, yeah, the six of wands. All the wands down here represent drama that you've made it out of. You're able to spread your wings and fly because the high priestess card comes out, which says that you're a psychic, you're an intuitive, that the walls that you're trying to put up to block emotions and fears and stuff that might come out of a card draw uh, aren't helping. That the that this thing that your gifts need to flourish, but you need to start trusting as well your intuition as well. So it's basically saying you need to trust your intuition. So that part of the last message, I could see where it does kind of represent parts of you as well. Mm -hmm. But these things that are going on right now will pass. They're saying like this isn't even the thing that's really causing stress and, and doubt in your life that you'll get through this. You're strong enough. 
what it's saying is you need to concentrate on who you are mm-hmm. and what you've already been through because you already know the answers because your intuition is always correct. Thank you. And dead on. I and might dead say. on. Yeah. <laughs> You know, that it always, there's, there's no problem that can't be solved if you have a higher power. Mm-hmm. And I know that sounds really Christian, but I don't mean that in a Christian way. Yeah. I mean that in just that spiritual, we all have souls, our blood is red, doesn't matter what color our flesh is, we all have a higher power that goes to the same creator, mm-hmm. the same process, whether you think it's Allah to God, to Judah, to, you know, whether you call him Yahweh, Yeshua, Christ, it doesn't matter. That energy that we allow in is what we're going to be giving out. So if we pull in positive, we're going to give out positive. And I think that even though, both of you seem to be going through some stuff right now that that bringing in the positive energy is going to allow more positive and output, especially when you both bring forgiveness into your heart and let start picking and choosing battles a little wiser. Mm-hmm. Even if this gets dropped on your doorstep, screw it. It really doesn't matter. At the end of the day, the only thing that matters is you And that head of yours that lays on the pillow, can you close your eyes and go to sleep? If you could do that, you're okay. You'll wake up tomorrow, hopefully, and you'll work on this problem again until it's solved. And then you move forward in life. So where you both feel a little stuck at the moment, you can free yourself. But there's that healing that I'm seeing that both of you have to do with forgiveness and just letting stuff go. That's really the the biggest blocker with Tracy. I I see more of the, like, I don't see this as something that you did. I don't see this as something that you're the primary cause for it. What I'm seeing is that you got to clean up just your side of the street. The other side doesn't matter that there's just this sense of hope that you're holding on to and to go to that Christian side of things, a mustard seed can move a mountain. That's that faith line. If you have a faith, just the size of a mustard seed, then you could move that mountain that falls under spirituality too. I mean, even the native Americans had the similar saying. So, Having that faith is really all you need to push forward to allow the situation to heal itself. But there's some things possibly that you could let go of that will free you a little bit more and cause less stress on the other side of things, too. Because you got to take the other side of whoever it is on what they're going through, because the only reason they're treating you that way is because they have trauma they have not healed from themselves. Yep. All right, well, Paul, uh, we've hit that mark. I think it's time to let you go. But well, Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate definitely, it. Definitely. Uh, before you do go, though, is there anything that you want to promote, your webpage or anything like that maybe? 
Yeah, well, if Books. anybody has any questions or wants a reading, all my stuff is free. Um, when you book an appointment, there's a $4.20 donation. Um, and yes, I'm saying 420. Uh, <laughs> my favorite number is, is the donation. So yep. it, it allows me to continue helping people for free that need protection boxes. All that information is on the stonemedium.com. Um, you can find me on Facebook at Stoned Medium. I'm on Twitter as the Stone Medium. Instagram is the same as the Stone Medium. Um, but the, our, my biggest thing is I've created my own tarot deck. And people can become monthly subscribers that get sneak peek at the tarot card deck and a whole bunch of different gifts and protection boxes of iron, um, different gems and crystals and other stones, iron that's hand forged for protection, sage, Palo Santo, holy water, or Florida cologne, whatever you like to call it. Um, and I, I send all this stuff out and, um, this tarot deck is geared towards mental health and it allows people to really heal with the solution. So when you get a card and it's salty, this deck will actually tell you in the booklet, Hey, with this card, this is kind of what is an overall general meeting. And here's yeah. the suicide awareness hotline number. Yeah. So it gives the solutions to some of the things that these people could be dealing with. If these cards come up and other solutions for, the, uh, you know, self-destruction, being in an abusive relationship. I've provided national hotline numbers for battered women's shelters and addiction counselings and number for AA, NA, uh, there's, and Gamblers Anonymous, all the things that I was afflicted with for years. But I mean, I've put all, everything I've learned in the last six years of sobriety into this deck to help people with mental health issues that are really seeking help. That's awesome. That is awesome. Definitely. And that's on uh, Patreon. So it's patreon.com forward slash the Redeemer. have to look for that. Cool. Awesome. Well, again, Paul, it's been a pleasure having you on. Um, if you're okay with it, we'd love to have you on again sometime. Yeah, sure. Not a problem. I'll keep the calendar open for you. All right. Appreciate it. <laughs> All righty. Well, again, thanks for coming on. You have a good night. Hey, you too. Bye Thank bye. you very much. Bye-bye now. Bye. Well, that was a thought-provoking interview. Yes. To say the least. At least at the end there. I'm just still trying to ra uh, put it all in my head, figure roll out. it through my mind, Yeah, trying to figure out what he was talking about. Some of it jived. Some, some of, of it didn't. Some of it didn't. Yeah. Some of it was... And some of it was like reflected multi on you. Multi-message here, because I was getting bits too. So. And then he gave you bits. And then he gave me bits. Yeah. Like, dead-on bits. Oh, he was definitely dead-on with you. Yes. Like, the four cards of like, uh-huh. And, uh -huh. and I want to say for the record that before this recording, I had talked to Paul in the interest of interviewing him. We didn't get into any details about our lives. Nothing. Nothing like that. He, he added me on Facebook. But he, he, I don't know if he actually seen any of my posts because he might be still as an acquaintance, which means he doesn't get half my posts. Yep. So, so we didn't know him, no knowledge of me. We didn't know him from Adam, basically. And he was able to and pick out a was. few things that he shouldn't have, but did. Yep. So for us, there's, there's 
some proof there. There is, yes. What? Adrian's making the sign for squirt bottle here, folks. Way across, <laughs> the way across the room. Here we go. So here I go to grab it. <laughs> here you go. Discipline the animals. Because <laughs> they know that's what you need it for. Hey, not me. <laughs> for anywho. We don't have a gag reel. You guys get it all live. Yep. <laughs> I, I look forward to, to being able to talk with him again. Speaking of which, yeah. Folks, if you do listen to Tracy's podcast. Which I know is very rare right now, but I'm getting things going. The Why in the Podcast. We're going to have him back on your show. We are going to be talking not this Saturday, but the following Saturday. And we're going to, I'm probably going to post it probably either after Mother's Day. Uh (laughs) Normally I'd want to post it on a Sunday, but I'll probably post it like Monday after Mother's Day because... Mother says a little busy. Yep. Just a little. That's because your mother. When is Mother's Day again? Next Sunday. Not this Sunday, but next Sunday. The 8th. Seems really quick considering my store just put out the Mother's Day products. Yeah, because they usually, like, right there on the, you know, they're usually, they're usually out before Easter's over. I mean, what Christmas is out before Halloween is most of the time. Christmas comes into Joanne's on June 17th every year. Well, that's so you can have Christmas that's in July. July. <laughs> no, so, I get, so I can go in there and go, it's my birthday. I'm unloading the truck of Christmas. I'm covered in Christmas glitter and cinnamon uh, uh, pine cones. And the middle right. of June. It doesn't matter what Ooh. holiday it is. If, it's, like if, we, have a, that, if we have a holiday in the store, I come back covered in glitter. Oh, yeah. Without oh, yeah, fail. He's got Christmas stuff. Glitter all in his beard and up his nose and his eyelids. At least I'm festive. Yes. No, when we find glitter on you and it's not Christmas or Valentine's Day, I still don't understand where the glitter comes from at that point. I I understand (laughs) because glitter breeds in stores. And then it jumps onto you because it's it's a a craft herpy and it gets into your vehicle. (laughs) And it breeds in the vehicle. And then you think you have decontamination, but no, because it has now come into your house and starts breathing. In the house, yes. You can't get rid of it. Come on, dear. You know, weeks and weeks after after we uh, took down the displays at work, I still had glitter on my skin. And that was after showering several times. That's true. The glitter likes you. It breathes well on you. And then after I get myself completely decontaminated from all the glitter, what do I do? Walking to Joanne's with my mom. Look, you were here these pretty flowers, mother. Why am I touching the glitter? And then it comes with my ex coworkers going, ha ha, salt you, glitter oh, that's herpes. Easy. Yeah, that's you. easy. Glitter attracts glitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, baby. <laughs> anyway, I think that's enough about glitter. <laughs> sure, why not? We're going to finish off the show tonight, folks. We hope you enjoyed the recording. We hope that uh, you enjoyed listening to Paul. Um, much we enjoyed listening and talking to him. Talking with him, yes. If any of you out there who know me know what he was talking about, help help me. (laughs) (laughs) Because there's some things that that resonated, but there's a lot of things that I was not sure about. Um, But that doesn't mean that... that Doesn't mean they're not true. Doesn't mean it didn't actually happen. Something's going on out of of memory scope. Uh And Anyone who has memories of, of, of what's going on around it, go you know you hear it, you go oh wait yes this is it helps. Yeah, if you figure it out, 
go go to our Facebook page at the Wetton Podcast Facebook group and tell me. Send messages. Or Please. messages here on the podcast itself. The link's in the description. Or if you are closer than that and do know it, he's got a phone. So. <laughs> if you know me, you know my number. Yeah, probably. more yeah. than likely. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's it for tonight. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Everybody stay spooky. And, of course, cue the gremlin! gremlin.